Our ice didn't exactly form naturally. It's been forged by blood, sweat, and the Lone Star pride that runs through our veins. Our ice is Texas born, and we're here to show everyone that Dallas Stars hockey is Texas hockey. Rugged, rough, and proud. Join the rush and be part of the excitement all season long. Individual game tickets on sale now at DallasStars.com. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Well, hello and happy Thanksgiving, all you Podman Rushers. Yes, we've arrived at Turkey Week, and we have for you a horn of plenty on the pod. But before I introduce my guest, a reminder from the Razor Boy, Razor Damas, the big Daryl Stottle, that the Podman Rush is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Okay. Thanksgiving. It's when family comes home. <laughs> and so we welcome back into the bosom of Double D Stars from Stars Broadcast pre and post on TV and radio from days gone by and now spitting knowledge on the hard line on the Stars' flagship radio partner, The Ticket. It's the sapient and avuncular sports term, Bob Sturm is in the house. Wow. Welcome, Bob. What an honor. I can't believe that uh, this has been bestowed upon me on Thanksgiving week. I mean, well, that's the list why. Of things- yeah, okay. Well, that you know what? I'm going to take that as something to give thanks for, Razor. This is really cool. I appreciate you having me, and I'm a big fan of the Podman Rush, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you actually, you've pimped it out there from time to Absolutely. time, and we appreciate that. Yes. So what are your memories of those nights handling Stars games? You and, and Dan McDowell in the bad radio days. Uh, <laughs> you know, the team, <laughs> the team was wavering. It was an interesting time in Stars history. But what was that like from your perspective? Uh, it, you know what? I, I often look back at it and I I think about where I might have been or not have been if it wasn't for the Dallas Stars because uh, I work at an absurdly successful radio station that was absurdly successful before I got there. And so, you know, being a 26-year-old uh, who who probably thought I knew more than I did uh, when I first got to town in 1998, uh, I, I needed any chance I could get to sort of grab a foothold in this uh, fantastic sports city. And I guess my way in turned out to be hockey because everything was happening at the same time, including the stars were taking over the Dallas sports scene at a level that nobody could have anticipated that quickly upon their arrival in town. And nobody on the ticket was terribly uh equipped i suppose to have uh, a slightly deep deeper hockey uh, discussions and they you know so when i showed up they heard i was from wisconsin and that might as well have meant i was a close friend of toe blake because uh, they put me on everything stars and uh, there wasn't you know not a ton of openings for cowboy games razor but uh, but but, it, but if you were willing to talk stars uh, you could you could have the entire pie if you wanted and, uh, and, and I uh, was eager not to go back from whence I came. And so I, uh, I made it my existence. And uh, there are very few franchises in the entire sports universe that I love as much as the Dallas Stars. Now, sometimes it's tough love and sometimes it's uh, annoying love and all those things. But, uh, but, I, but you know, at, at my core, I, I, I truly love this hockey organization for sure. And, and I look back at those nights fondly. I mean, I haven't seen as many hockey games as you have live, but uh, – but I, I bet you I've uh, I've seen hundreds yes. and hundreds and hundreds, and so it's uh, it's it's been fun. Well, you have kept the light on always for the stars on the ticket, and uh, you know the the understanding is the understanding. There, you don't really any of us. You don't want to talk about stuff that you're not really. I don't even want to say expert, at least versed in a little bit, because it, it gets uncomfortable. Uh, right. So yeah, the timing was, I guess, perfect for you to come in and it be was. labeled as the hockey guy. Now are you are you the football guy now? 
Oh, I don't know. I try to, you know, I try to outsports everybody, and uh, that's probably, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably a fault of mine that I could, I could, uh, I, I might have spread myself too thin over the years. But man, uh, I remember when I first got to town, uh, and this, uh, you know, if people know me, they will say this is the most Bob story ever. But I, I literally looked for a place to live because it was close to the Valley Ranch Star Center. And, uh, and of course, uh, you know, Cowboys and Stars headquarters were like 200 yeah. yards apart, it seemed like back then. And so if I was going to be a sports guy in a city, because, you know, I grew up, I grew up out in the middle of nowhere. And I was never in a sports city of any level. I mean, like the biggest thing I had lived in was like a single A baseball team. And so when I got here and they had all four major sports and, and, you know, the, the, the stars had just uh, lost to the Red Wings in the uh, 98 uh, Western conference finals, I guess it was. And, and, you know, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that Brett Hall arrived in town like a week before I did. Uh, and, and, you know, very few people That's remember that. That's how a lot of, of people say my- it too. They, they combine <laughs> you two together. You remember well, back don't when forget. Bob and Brett came and you're like, yes, well, you that's know, when it all you know turned. The, <laughs> you know, the third level of that trifecta razor, right? You know, the third, uh, the third point of that triangle. Please. Dirk. <laughs> big, big Dirk. You guys see so, now uh, I, I always say since I got here in 96 and sort of yeah. Zuboff, we right, arrived right. when the winning was beginning. So yes, yes. So yeah, now, last week in June of '98, first week of July of '98, uh, Brett Hall, Dirk Nowitzki, and uh, Bob Sturm uh, all got here. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to say I've outlasted them all, but uh, but uh, you know, I think it's you been have. Years, right? <laughs> There's a little hey, gray in the beard. It, a touch, a little more salt and pepper <laughs> nowadays, but whatever. Yes, sir. The, uh, Back to the, the to the broadcast aspect of it, because you guys, that's not an easy thing. And, you know, you, you, you guys don't have to walk the line as much as we do on the broadcast right. as far as what color are our victory green glasses. Yes, um, but at the same time, you, you know, you don't want to just sit there and crush whatever's going on. So it, there was mm-hmm. a there was a dance that you guys had to go through. But you also did television sporadically which had to have been fun and added a little spice to that part of it and then when when dave strader passed away and we were going through the the uh, awkwardness of trying to figure out what we're going to do next you had Mm -hmm. at least cursory interest in in play-by-play for the stars true Oh, make no mistake. Yes. Uh, in fact, I would go back further than that. You know, it, when, when, when Ralph and Razor were a thing for a long, long time, you guys were roughly the only broadcast crew in the NHL that, that went radio and TV. And I don't know how many people know that. And I don't even know how accurate that is. You could probably correct me. There might I have been another th- team. Or two. Maybe three now. Well, Buffalo did because they always yeah. wanted Jennerette. Right. And Carolina did and do. Uh, and beyond that, I don't know. I don't know who else right now. Yeah, and, and so basically, you know, it, it doesn't take doesn't take a genius to figure out uh, my scheme. Is like, man, if they ever separate the two, right. I'd love to because you know, I, I grew up. Uh, I grew up with a real romance for hockey play by play. I I have here in my office a letter uh, from Pat Foley who uh, who was the first hockey guy that I sort of fell in love with in the mid to late 80s. And I, I typed him a letter and he typed one back. In fact, his was, uh, he joked about how the uh, the ink ribbon on his typewriter was uh, was wearing dry. So, uh, you know, each word got progressively uh, more <laughs> faded. But uh, but yeah, he encouraged me to, to chase that dream and and uh, be willing to go ride the bus in the sticks uh, to get a chance at the NHL someday. And that, that, that was always my career dream. So was it, I, was it always going to be hockey, Bob, or, or other yeah. sports? Hockey? Well, yeah. I, I would have settled for anything. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The game of hockey live and to uh, be the play-by-play guy, yeah, yeah. That, that was an I absolute dream. You know, and, and, and obviously um, back then when dreams are formed – um, sports talk radio wasn't really a thing. 
And, and, and so if you were going to be my age and have a broadcast stream, it was inevitably going to be play by play because we all know I, I'm not much uh, on skates myself. So uh, the, the analyst well, we'll issue, to, which we'll get to that a little later on, Bob. <laughs> which the stars were very cool about, by the way, uh, in terms of they, they allowed me to sort of uh, uh, provide analysis at different times uh, yeah. uh, through the years. And, 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 you know, let's be honest, uh, there are probably more qualified hockey players in the world uh, than, than, than my resume in uh, telling you what I just thought of that shift from uh, that all-star. Uh, but let me tell you what I would have done out there, you know, all that sort of thing. But, but yes, um, very early in getting to Dallas and then probably until uh, my good friend, Josh, uh, uh, you know, uh, took the job and ran with it. I was always thinking, man, someday maybe the stars thing will work out and, and I can kind of leave all the rest of this behind and, and hop on the bus and, uh, and uh, do my NHL thing. Didn't, didn't happen. And, uh, and that's okay. You know, we don't, we don't get all of our dreams, but, uh, but uh, we can't was, all be Mark Fallowell, can we? Huh? No, no, but, but he was the template, wasn't he? Yeah, so, so I guess. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question when, when, when Ralphie left and when, when Dave uh, got sick and, and, and just all along the way, yeah, I was uh, I was thinking, please pick me, please, you know, please give me the rose. But, uh, you I know, it's, it is what it is. And so now I, I, I merely uh, uh, buy a 10 game plan and go see you guys uh, in person. All right. So uh, some of the on air and lots of the on, I guess, SM, I that's my short for social media, Bob. Uh, yes, I have I have multiple questions. What What is it like to have to inject or love to inject? A little puck into uh, football cowboys talkathons on the ticket. How how much of a fight is that for you? Um, interesting. I, I would say over the years it, it varies based on how interested the hockey team appears to be and right. competing exactly. for a Stanley Winning, Cup. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's a it's a look. It's it's a really cool uh, sports city because. Aside from the Cowboys, everybody else has to pretty much uh, dance for their supper. You know, they have to they have to show that they're Mm -hmm. really serious about competing to get the attention of the city. And that's not just hockey, although it probably applies most to hockey, given the the geography of it all. But uh, basketball faces that. And, dude, right now, baseball is dying for someone to love it right now. And, you know, they're, they're, they're now trying again, but uh, for the last five or six years, they've been in the wilderness wandering around, hoping somebody will like their sport. So, you know, it's, it's the nature of a big time sports city is, you know, nothing, nothing here is, is you're not just going to open up your gates and and roll out a, a, a lower tier rebuild and get everybody to buy in and, and, and sell your seats for a hundred years. And that, you know, it's just not that like that here. And, and there are some pros and cons to that. Uh, you know, as, as we look at some cities that will support anything, there are pros and cons to that. So um, it is what it is, but, but yeah, I, I think most of the time people have accepted that Bob's super passionate about hockey and uh, you know, let him get the segment out of his system and he'll leave us alone for a day or two, maybe. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, there every, I, I I don't mean to sound too corny here, but I love every sport in in the sense that if you, if you get to know the characters in the story, every sport is appealing in its own way, because we're, we're, we're not really covering, rules and and a a ball into a net or a puck into a net we're we're covering dramas and 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 stories of personal or collective endeavor that that either gets accomplished or continues to fail and it's all interesting if you dig in and get to know everybody a little bit right right no good point not corny that's fine yeah, I literally say no to almost no sports and so at some point a man has well, to that's have why you're known as sports term so you yeah, have to kind of that part, yeah, but that part might go on a diatribe like that. Hey, what's the big difference between a Tyler Sagan show and a Stars Coach show? Um, you don't live and die with the results quite as much. Well, I guess you do. It's it, it's interesting. The the coaches seem to grasp a little better at times. And, and by the way, Sagan's unbelievable in terms of this. But we've done half dozen player shows over the years, it feels like. And, and, and now, you know, five or six different coaches shows. And, and 
I think the coaches generally have to deal with the media so much all the time that they, they generally have a better sense of humor about things. And, and for the star standpoint, maybe the stars um, kind of talk about the, the importance of, you know, the relationship with the ticket. I, I don't know, but all the hockey coaches have been uh, just wonderful to deal with uh, even when they're in a bad way. And, and obviously we don't want to, you know, make a six game losing streak, you know, just a funeral, like 15 minutes. We want to, we'll go, we'll go talk about something else. You know, we'll, we'll ask him about ice fishing or something to, uh, to break up the monotony with a player. You really do feel it when they're injured or slumping or, you know, everybody's saying something mean about them. Uh, that's why I, you know, going back to kind of tying all the, the uh, stories in the city together, that's why, like, seeing Jamie Ben play so well right now, or seeing Dak Prescott have a day, I don't think we realize the mental wear and tear on those mm. guys trying to be them. And yes, they're they're always going to have a nice big house, and they're always going to be okay after they get done playing financially and all that stuff. But man, I, I, I'm kind of happy we're to a point in society that we're all willing to at least admit mental health is really a thing and you don't just have to tough your way through. Yeah. Suck it up. Suck it up. I mean, you get paid a (laughs) lot of money, like perform, dance, dance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As we shoot at your feet. And, you know, I think social media has, has really ramped that up, but maybe, maybe as much bad as that's caused, it's also allowed us all to look in the mirror and say, okay, I can put this phone down for a little bit, um, which, which is probably funny coming from me, but, uh, but just, you know, yes, the, the, I want to get into that. <laughs> Finish your thought. Cause I want to get into well, just, that. Just seeing a dude who is such a good human uh, by, by my merits uh, with, with Tyler. I, I just, I just, it, it it killed me to see him, you know, be so earnest and try to make all the right moves publicly and try to try to satisfy everything that people wanted from him. And in the end, we as fans just can't get past knowing the actual paychecks, you know, yeah. and, 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 and maybe even that goes back to the time when, when uh, pay packets were not public knowledge and we didn't judge every guy based on Dak makes 40 million a year. And, and, yeah, you know, it was just performance uh, then, right? right? Right. And so, so you know, it's, it's all now b- judged on this enormous curve that a guy could play the best of anybody in the league. And now you have a group of people that will say, it's about time. I mean, we're paying you to be the best yeah, player yeah. in the league. And you, they can't even enjoy that part. Everything comes with a receipt. Yes. I know. I it's It is, it is what it is. I, I agree with you a little bit on – on the fact that maybe unintended social media and all the you know vitriol that comes in in the comment section and that actually makes more people feel more compassion for these individuals that are just getting annihilated on there and right. it, it's chased a lot of people from it obviously not you no uh, how i on this spinning rock how do you find the time to watch retain read verbalize and tweet as much as you do. I'm not proud of that, Razor. I don't know. I mean, it's not an accomplishment. You, I'm not you should be somewhat proud because it's like there are 19 Bob Sturms to be able to to juggle what you juggle. And it's not it, – it doesn't come across like, wow, he's just throwing out a, an HSO on this thing because he didn't really watch it. Like, if, if you listen or look or read – like – you're knowledgeable and I don't understand how you do it. I struggle to stay knowledgeable on 32 teams and one in particular. Well, for me, it comes back to when I joined the station, I couldn't believe how many people loved these guys. Like, you know, you're around professional athletes. Heck, you were part of uh, one of the most famous teams of my lifetime. And so when it comes to public, renowned and being recognized in public it it probably doesn't hit you quite like it hit me but man i came from a tiny little town to this city and one of the first things i ever did was went to a ticket event and i i wondered was i on the same station with the beatles you know because the guys i work with were so popular and i almost think more popular back then than they are now because 
Yeah, it gets. I free. don't know. Maybe I would just. Maybe it was just the time, uh, you know, and 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 the format was such a new thing. But but those guys, when I got here, I, I met George, who can do a thousand voices and play a thousand instruments. And then here's Gordon, who might have two thousand voices and two thousand instruments. And and these guys are all so talented. And all I know is who won the Stanley Cup in 1982 or something like that. And, you know, how the Final Four looked that year. Just all these – all I had was sports knowledge. And, and Bringing I, it back to sports. And I definitely <laughs> have never been a matinee idol in terms of easy on the eyes for the ladies. And so I, I am the ultimate fourth-line dig-in-the-corner sports guy who the only way I can stay up at the, in the big leagues is to outwork your tail. And, and that's kind of been how I started and that's kind of how I'll finish. And, and, and I, hopefully I'm not working until I'm a thousand years old myself. Hopefully I'm smart enough to get out when there's a quality time left and so forth. But, but all I know is not letting anybody, boy, this sounds so bad, but I'm going to say it. I can't let anyone know more than I do razor because that makes me crazy. And that's the yeah. diary of a madman, but that's where I, no, am. no, 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 no. You know what? I, I, I can relate because, you know, my my playing career was my playing career. And, um, you know, there there's not a lot of voters that are wrangling with whether to put me in the Hall of Fame or not. Uh, so my when I got into this business, it was sort of the same mentality where it was like, OK, well, I can't just come in and people are going to go, well, hey, that's Dennis Potvin speaking. And, right. you know, four time Stanley Cup champion and blah, blah, blah. So it was like, how can I, how can I get to the level that I want to get to and, and do fantastic work? Well, it's work. You just say, I'm going to yeah. prepare more than other people, and I'm going to do this different than other people did. So I, I, get, I get that. But it is time-consuming. Yeah. It's time-consuming. Oh, consuming. it is. It is. Now, it helps if your hobbies and your job are the same thing. Um, True. Like, I like golf, but beyond that, if, if I didn't work for a month, I would still be watching games tonight because it's fun as heck. And I never get tired of that. And I never get tired of learning about a new player or a new coach or a new situation or a rebuild or a blow it up or, you know, all the stuff is, is, is endlessly fascinating to me. Um, I, I suppose I could lose myself in, in, in politics or something dumb like that, but I just don't, I just don't want to, this is, this is, this is fun to me. Uh, and, and not and, Love and Island why, or, or The Bachelorette. You don't have a night of, of no, that. no. I just you know, I just Real Housewives. No, no, no. I mean, I I try, I try to keep my wife happy, but uh, beyond that, it's uh, it's sports and all day and night, and and I'm and I'm happy to do it. And uh, I'm also I'm also kind of kind of proud that uh, you know work can sort of pay off like hard work does pay off like for yeah. everyone who tells you everything's luck i i think luck is probably getting that chance but once you get that chance if you if you let someone wrestle it away from you because you were too busy enjoying all that goes with it that's on you man because uh, there's 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 really there's really no excuse for being outworked if especially if you live in the toy department like we do this is turning into a tony robbins session or something yeah i'm today. sorry the, Let's no, talk hockey. I, do whatever you want. Yeah, we will. One more question on Twitter, though. You worried about Twitter and Elon? I'm going fully mastodonic if it falters. I'm going straight to mastodon. Are you? I still don't even know what that is. I've heard about I it. I don't either. I just I thought that made me sound informed. No, it does. It does. Uh, and, and Are you worried about Twitter thing, or not? Um, I guess. I you know, I but I I, I think such a big part of our society is 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 panicking about what's around the next turn that I've learned to sort of wait till something actually goes wrong and then we freak out. And so uh, um, I, I really I got to be honest, uh, I realize it's probably bad for me, but I also realize it's really helped uh, kind of grow the brand, if you will. Like, I think my radio station could probably go off the air and I don't want it to, but I think it could. And because of things like Twitter, I'd probably be okay in my career. And, and, and so that's uh, How a very many selfish. Have you sent? Ever? Do you want yeah. me to look? What's your number? Yeah, I do. That's sad. How many have you? Okay. Sent? 
as of as of right now and it's it's such a high Did you number send two while like we were talking or no 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 i've been totally locked in uh two hundred and six thousand five hundred and seventeen. <laughs> it looks like that is so sad if you, how many do you that, follow how many people do you follow no no i have a code about following yeah I, because I, if you I, follow too many you're following no one right that's right. So I had a I had a line very early in my Twitter career that I would never go over nine hundred and ninety nine follows. And I, I if you look today, I'm I'm still under people always say I'd love to be your one thousandth follow. And I said, you will never no. be my one thousandth follow, because if I follow somebody new, I have to unfollow someone who's not pulling their weight. Ah. It's a it's a meritocracy razor, one that you've never had to deal with, because, uh, of course, you're an automatic. Oh, I well, thank you. That's you wonderful. You will Blue always checked. have one of you will always have one of my nine hundred and ninety nine spots, sir. <laughs> wow, that, you <laughs> couldn't make me feel more special. I'm like a pig with two tails right now. <laughs> All right, to the stars, to the stars. Yes, okay, uh, and this start under Pete DeBoer. Are you like most others, enthralled with how quickly the transformation is manifested from a pretty conservative? hard-scoring team to this Vesuvian bunch we are witnessing, at least in the first quarter. I, I truly can't believe it. I really can't believe it because uh, one thing about what we do is over the course of time, you start to see patterns and you start to see, I guess, the lack of belief in something could alter everything that significantly. Um I guess the best example is this core of Ben Sagan, call it Klingberg, Radulov, that group. We had seen it run back so many times since Lindy Ruff that we began to sort of just point the targets at guys get old and contracts sometimes go wrong and this is our fate and there's nothing we can do about it. And you run in a number of different coaches to very similar results and at a certain point, you shrug and say, you know, it might not even matter who they hire as coach. It may, you know, at this point, it might just be that this is who we are and we can't do anything about it. And you can't change your stripes or spots or whatever the cliches are. Yeah, until it are. gets flushed or something like that. And, and it, I, it, you I go back to what you were talking about earlier, which is you don't want to burn it down and go on a seven-year right. rebuild of – you know, 4,500 people in the building. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, so unfortunately part of being so, you know, into the stars is you almost get so cynical that you don't believe that change can happen so dramatically. And that's why it's been so cool to experience these first couple months. Now, the other thing that goes with it is now many of us, uh, maybe you, but uh, but uh, you'll have to tell on yourself, but definitely me. I'm At times, I'm scared to talk about it too much because I don't want to jinx a no-hitter or something like that. Like, oh my There's gosh, no nobody thing. move. No, no, nobody move. We got this. It looks like it's going in the right direction. Everybody stand exactly where you are. Uh, we, we can't risk sending it back to, uh, you know, where it was uh, again, and that I don't mean to be disrespectful to the last several teams because one almost won a Stanley cup. So, but, but I just, I grew up with aesthetically pleasing to the eye hockey yeah. being yep. what Fire really, what, what really gets me excited about this sport. And, and therefore, as I get older, I realize that to me, style does matter sometimes because I want to enjoy my evening and I don't want to, um, I don't want to put victory above everything, even though that's kind of the point. So I hope I'm. No, I, I, being somewhat, I hear you. I hear yeah, you. I, 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 I want you. it to be watchable. I want it to be fun. I want the guy who's not sure about hockey to watch a Stars game and say, "Son of a gun, what am I doing? Not watching these guys every night." And so, I do think aesthetics matter, and and therefore, um, I can't believe that. This year, this quickly, the team looks like a brand new group of guys. And, and for instance, and specifically, I can't believe Jamie Benn looks like he's 28 again. And I'm very happy for him uh, because uh, he's taken a lot of torpedoes 
uh, over the last five years, uh, some, some from within. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I just, I just, I just don't love that because, uh, if he had slowed down as a player, which he n- no doubt has, because every athlete does, he's 33. Uh, it yeah. That's wa- natural. It was because he was representing your organization as bravely and as valiantly as he could. He wasn't, you know, he was, nobody was trying to slow down. Nobody's trying right. to get gray in their beard or lose their hair. Uh, it happens. And so then you can face it with as much fight as you can muster. Or you can go do something else. And I just feel like Jamie never he never stopped battling. And so to see good things happen to him now might be the best of many good star stories we have to tell right now is 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 what what we're enjoying with him is just a really cool situation in my opinion. I concur and well put. The and y- there's no question that you can draw a line between the resurgence or the renaissance, as I have coined it, that the style of play, the, the system that they're playing and the style they're, they're playing has, has propelled that, 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 that conservative, um, just a slower approach for a guy that, especially, you know, he's, he's never been an elite skater, but he's, he's worked at it and he skates fine, but he could look really slow in, yeah, in other systems and in this where, and even I think Jamie says to himself, are you sure we're just taking off? It's like, you're just taking off. Like we're, we're playing fast and we're moving it out of our zone and we're flying through the neutral zone and we're attacking the other team's net. And they were younger bucks at the time. And I have a feeling this is going to be different in that there will still be a value in their own net. Whereas in those wild days with with Lindy where they right. you know they weren't they weren't really ready to win in the beginning and then they had that wonderful year in 2015 mm-hmm. 16 where they could have won it all they were deep uh, and playing great and they they onboarded those guys from the Hawks that gave them sort of a, a winning pedigree within the mix uh yep. you know but th- th- that was a good that was a good system cuz he could play the game on the move and you watch him again now and he's playing the game on the move. And I think it's been a, a big part of uh, prompting him to re- a real resurgence. So I, yeah, I, and, I love it. Yeah. And, and the other thing, and I don't know where this plays a role, but I, but I do think if, if people, I don't know, I, I'd love to know what, and maybe I should ask uh, coach DeBoer when he's on our show next uh, very, very soon, but I, I'd love to hear, kind of the the coach player conversations on, on whatever level they'd be willing to share just in the sense that I, I, I feel like Jamie and Tyler have been kind of beat up mentally. Uh, like I said, from within and from without and, and Paid I, handsomely I almost want, beat up mentally. You could just yeah, sub and, it with that. And I, I get the vibe that the new coach, kind of thinks, you know, let's, let's kind of empower these guys with some level of positivity and encouragement and see where that goes. And look, I know hockey coaches are always going to be hockey coaches, but I think there's something to that. Yeah. And there's a little bit of less is more involved here too, you know, and yeah, totally. those years you're speaking of, it was, there, there was a lot of, and I'm not blaming anyone. It's just the nature of the beast and the team wasn't very deep too. That was part right. of it. Uh, but you're like, okay, you guys make a pile of uh, cash and we're going to play you 21 minutes and you better win the game for us. You know, and right. they weren't saying that, but that was sort of the the oh, yeah. vision that, that you would get from it. And they probably leaped or, or heaped it on themselves with, you know, geez, uh, we got to get this going. I got to produce at this level. And, and sometimes they can be their own worst enemy. Uh, yes. And you see it with free agents a lot. And I know they're, they weren't free agents. They got paid internally, but. You watch guys who hit the uh, lottery with with a free agent contract, and the first year, two, sometimes three, they don't look anything like the player that that team signed because they're immediately trying to live up to the money, and you can't. Right. And then finally, I think they get to a spot where they just go, you know what, screw it. I, it is what it is. Everyone seems to hate my contract, and – they don't think I'm worth. I'm just going to play, and then all of a sudden they look like the guy that deserves that contract. Yeah, yeah, and you know they 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 can hear, they can read, 
you know, uh, just this summer, I think Tyler was, uh, maybe my, my, uh, second job, the athletic might've given Tyler like the worst contract in the NHL and, and just all these things. And, you know, that's, that's gotta be a real bummer at the same time. What saved this thing is probably even more than style. It's the fact that they've got some kids right now that yeah. are phenomenal. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's a conversation that I, I, I hope we can get into here in our, in our time, but just, I've never been more wrong about, I don't want to say wrong because wrong sounds like I was saying he was going to be garbage. I just, I didn't see a superstar like so many times one, somebody in the stars front office will say, wait till you see this guy. In fact, they did it with Jamie Ben. When we bring Jamie Ben up, you're not going to believe how good this kid is. And I'm like, Okay, well, let's see. I mean, at the time, the Stars hadn't produced a homegrown guy in, in ever, it felt like. Or I guess Brendan Morrow might have been the last one, which, heck, that was the Stanley Cup uh, finals year. They lost yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, rocking 45 back then. With John Sim. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, 10 years later, the Stars have another kid they like. You know, with all due respect to, like, Louis Erickson in the middle. But whatever. Um, they told me about Jamie Benn, and I remember it didn't take long to realize, whoa. This guy, these guys are right. John Klingberg, same deal. Uh, with Jason Robertson, I remember them talking very highly about him, and I just didn't get it. I just, I just would watch, and I remember that was the year everybody's comparing him with, uh, with, with Capri, uh, uh, the, the kid up Caprizov. in Minnesota, uh, Caprizov. Thank you. Uh, and 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 that dude is like a YouTube highlight film, like. Yeah, my kids, my kids can identify that that dude's special. And then you're watching Robertson and you're like, ah, what? The, what? The, so what is it that you do here? Uh, I score every time I touch the puck. But <laughs> but but in a way that feels, a neat trick. Yes. But it, it feels non-invasive stylistically. Yeah, I know, I, I know. I know. I can't explain it. And he is unbelievable, Razor. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, well there, there's something to be said for watching the the sort of breadcrumbs before they arrive too, you know, like, what did he, you right. look at these individuals and like Wyatt Johnston right now. Yes. Right. So you, you look at him and you're like, man, he was the most dominant offensive player in junior hockey last year. So then you're like, well, it's right. a big step to the national hockey league from junior hockey. And then boom, there, there he is centering our third line. And yeah. with Robertson, like if you look at his numbers when he was playing, uh, in junior hockey, like he did the same thing. Like he just scored all the time, like all the time. Some guys just have a God given gift to be in the right spot and have a knack for scoring goals. And then you couple that with what you and I are known for, which is blue collar work ethic. And he does oh, yeah. work at it. Like the, the kid does work at it. And you play with some really good players. You have a little success early on. So your confidence is there immediately. And, and you get this, but man, when you look at him and for the most part, you watch a lot of it, you're like, yeah, you know, he's kind of unassuming Cali kid and right. sure. You know, there's lots of guys that can pass and lots of guys yeah. that have kind of a sporty little shot. Uh, and Kaprizov is a one man gang at times, just the way he plays the game. Whereas Robo seems to be, connected to who he's playing with and plays off of them. Like there's not a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, end to end rushes out of Jason Robertson right. and the knock, the right. knock always was that he was a bit of a, a clunky skater, but there's nothing clunky about his scoring ability. And even last no. night, like, so he scores two goals last night in the game against the cup champs, yes, Colorado. And you know what? And he's got, he's got another real habit of scoring that goal. Like not just goals. That's right. Game-winning yep. goals, game-tying goals, response goals, all those types of goals, which is a different level of it as well. But when you, when you sit there in my chair and you just watch the game, the number of times that he makes really good plays that don't turn into anything is about fourfold what he does that turns into something. And he does it every game. So he's yeah. just a magnificent young player. Yeah, and how about getting a contract and almost immediately people are like, he might be underpaid. So yeah, we were in, uh, we were in Edmonton, and he was going off in that game, the afternoon game in Edmonton, and that was yeah. kind of the buzz upstairs in the press box. It was like, can a guy be underpaid like two weeks into 
a contract <laughs> where every, everyone was like, I can't believe we're paying this guy that much. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yes. that's unbelievable. And, and yeah. you know, when you, when you add him, of course, to Miro and to, to Ottinger, who, uh, I, you know, I, uh, 10 minutes after telling you, I, I became cynical on whether coaches matter. Uh, was I, I will now tell you that uh, for the most part, I realize there's a couple superstar goalies, but most of the time, the rest of them kind of fit in a bin. And uh, therefore, I, you know, I'd be like, yeah, you know, as long as you're above this level, then we can either win or lose with you. But but in my opinion, very seldom do goalies determine the standings. And that might be naive. But this dude, this dude looks like the real one. And and uh, some of the stuff he does and some of his mental makeup that just oozes through the TV. Um, boy, Ottinger looks special, too. I mean, that 2017 draft, w- w- at what point uh, do we just shake our heads at, at what they were able to knock out with those first three picks? It's fun to look back on it and we'll continually do it you know they they had rich peverly at the at the yeah. draft lottery and that's right the Pe- peverly magic moved the stars up to where they could grab miro at three uh they would have been fine at four too i think but they got yes. Miro at they got they would have probably would have been fine anywhere in the top five or six that year but um you know miro's a special player not as not as gaudy dynamic as you're going to see some other guys but again just does the same thing over and over I know Jim Nils said many times you know Nick Lidstrom whenever uh, Miro's name is on his lips and and I like I I see my guy out of Kamloops Scott Niedemeyer uh but the more I watch Haskin and I'm like yeah because what Lidstrom was all about was he did the right thing a hundred percent of the time, every time, every game. And Miro sort of does the same thing. It doesn't lead to as much offense as I think he's capable of right now, but that that's a different thing. So you, you have that, then they, they move up. And I, I believe they moved up ahead of St. Louis who wanted to draft Ottinger and they knew it. So they made a deal, moved up so they could pluck him ahead in the first round. Boom. He was kind of good in the playoffs in the spring. Most people yeah. recognize that. And I, I concur. Like he, he just looks like the franchise goaltender that three quarters of the league looks for like forever, right. perpetually, and can never really find. They keep onboarding and bringing in all these free agents and older guys. Mm-hmm. And just give us some saves. And instead you have a, a 23-year-old that is doing it right now and will for a decade and hopefully some cups around here. And then they move yeah. to the second round and they're like, okay, well, who can we take here? We need some offense and some skill. Like what, what about this kid that's playing out in the OHLs from California? Let's take a flyer on him. Boom. Jason Robertson. Well Dang. done. Well yeah. done. And suddenly <laughs> we can, suddenly we have homegrowns again. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You can start looking at, all right. All right, draft and develop that portion of the program. Yes. Instead of instead of just off-season trades and acquiring other people's uh, cap headaches and and what have you. So there's there's different ways to skin a cat, I guess. Hey, do you fully prescribe to the old chestnut that a team must be in a playoff spot by Thanksgiving to ensure a postseason berth? Um, to a great extent. Yes. It's hard to, dim- uh, it's hard to dismiss it because of the track yes, record. Of course. Well, yeah. And, and, and we've, uh, I, I think one thing that people will remember about my forgettable TV career on stars live is, uh, we made it our point to try to dig as deep a hole as possible. <laughs> uh, all three of those seasons just to kind of make it fun, uh, in January is, uh, yeah, every and then loss just- feels constantly point out you know there is a team or two every year that moves from the outside yes. to the inside yes that's our hope yes 
I know. No, and, and uh, you know, it was it was maddening. And then every game in January feels like a, a handshake game where uh, if we lose this yeah. one, we're really screwed because uh, we only have 30 games left and we have to win 26 of them or something crazy like that. But uh, but yeah, of course, this the start to play as many games on the road and to have as many points and even the point against Colorado is just a great example. Uh, the, you know, the performance uh, uh, against uh, what Florida and, and you just you start to stacking up these times where where previous stars teams did not have enough to get points out of these situations and my ears are so big i guess that i can't keep uh, the airpods always in you my need ears. bigger plugs bob you know what i probably do uh, again the 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 uh rewards of, of, of a long television career no doubt are, are the difference <laughs> there but but yeah they're they're in a great spot i i love i love watching them play because not only are they pleasing to the eye but they're also uh scratching out results on a regular basis so um it's yeah, it's I, not I, hard to like this hockey team right now i true and i've been thirsting for another run of seasons where they're at least comfortably in a playoff spot instead yes. of constantly on the bubble they're in like right. i called it dose do hockey that you know they were putting their right foot in and then taking their right foot out and spinning all about uh, in playoff spots, but it is crazy that this this whole history of being in a playoff spot at Thanksgiving in the National Hockey League, provided that the season started in October and not in January, yeah. as it has in some recent years. But it's crazy that it makes three quarters of an 82 game schedule essentially moot or nugatory, and it it seems like so many other things should be able to transpire in that time, but it doesn't. Right. It right. doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's difficult to get out of, uh, you know, out of the pack once because your sports term, does this happen in other leagues? This happens a lot in picks with friends razor, because if you get too low, you just can't work your way up because everyone's uh, fighting at You've the moved same up level. To fourth. And- You've moved up to fourth from fifth. Have you not? Yeah. Well, yes, but that and that's the key is just to stay further from sixth is really what we're trying to do yeah. there. But no, there's it's there's there's it's it's a weird thing. But I'll tell you, just I I've probably poisoned my own head with uh, with too many stats over the years. But I'll 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 say if you want to define why the stars appear to be different, it's very simple to me. They're a better five on five team than I've seen them since Lindy. You know, and and when you just talk about uh, when they were good, you a know, better when five they were on good. five team offensively, uh, or in general, yes. Well, I mean, the key is to the problem find the, goals. The, the, the problem back then, the problem yes, back then was they were they were where they're at right now offensively. They were first right. or second or somewhere in that mix, third. They were 26th, 27th, 28th in goals against. Right. Like they they Which, they did not they they were cavalier with some of their defense. Yes. Yeah, and, and in basketball we always say if you're top ten in both, you have a chance yes. to win the, the NBA title. And I'm sure yes. that's the same with that's the That's where they Cup. need to be. But the last five years, I wanna say I could be wrong. I should check this out. I have it written somewhere uh in this room full of papers i want to say the last five years they've been 28th or worse in five on five goals for yes uh each season so so now we're you know it it really is it's it's the uh, seesaw of goal differential so yes you're right you can't score a million and give up a million the idea is to score a bunch and give up a few but if you're always dead last or close to it in goals for the pressure you put on everybody to never allow a mistake, never, you know, have a goalie give up a, 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 you know, a tough shot, you know, you're just dead. And so now close to the margins. Yes. Yeah. And so now you put so much on your special teams, you put so much on your goal, you put so much on your top line that you just, because you're not getting anything done 40 minutes out of the game when it's five on five. And so what I love is that this way, this team's going this year though, it'd be about 30, 30. Uh, yeah, 30 minutes yeah, shorthanded, true. 30 minutes five on five. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> they got to clean you know, that they, up. They, they do. But they can play five on five. They can play on the road. I mean, again, going back to those three seasons of Stars Live, 
how many times were they outshot or, you know, we call those the halcyon days, Bob. (laughs) Yes. 50 to 25 or something on the road. You just can't make up that margin every night. Belfort can steal you on at the, at the uh, Pepsi center once in a while with those margins, but, but you can't do it 82 times a year. So, so all of the nerd stuff actually looks great right now. It doesn't look like they are, they're they're getting by on good luck right now it looks nope. sustainable I, I i don't want this to be famous last words mm-hmm. razor but it, it the the metrics look good right now yeah that well we're recording this so we'll go back and blast you if it doesn't come true yes or please if you do jinx, if you jinx them there are no jinx uh vin scully stated that for 60 years in a booth he would say no good. hitter over and over and over again vin <laughs> scully i love you it. can say shout out you can say whatever you yeah. want. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter. So right now, the stars sit first in the central and fourth overall. Perfect. And, That's unbelievable. and Thanksgiving is in two days. That's so unbelievable. They're in, and probably we can start talking about Stanley Cup final and who they're going to play from the East, right? Feed, feed up. That's what we do. We either, you know, I learned this from Cowboy fans. We either complain. Or we straw man anything positive. Like if they win in Minnesota 40 to three, we say, oh, well, I guess they won the Super Bowl then. So there's, there's, you're never allowed to be happy. So just remember that if as you're following your team, you're either mad well, or you're, you're, you're going to doomsday what's ahead. Well, there, there've been some happy moments in, in the 30, almost 30 years now that the stars have been in Texas. Isn't that wild since it's they moved out? Crazy. In, in your opinion, what was a larger imagination captivating hockey event in the past 30 years here? Was it game seven, Western Conference final, 1999, Reunion Arena, many to this day state. That was their favorite sports event in this city, which is wild to say when you consider what the Mavericks yeah. have done and who the Cowboys right. are. Um, right. you, you might have a, a, a different night since you have a signed picture of Holly scoring a legitimate goal in Buffalo behind your skull uh, on the wall as we do this. The other one that I would introduce into here, and I believe it was 1998, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Charity Challenge 1, was that 98? 98. It was before I got Valley Ranch Star Center, Sheet 2. Not Sheet 1, Sheet 2. Yes. Yeah. So which one would you pick? Which one of those three has had the biggest impact? Well, uh, okay, that's interesting. Um, I wasn't in Charity Challenge 1 because I wasn't here yet. Oh, well, I, then we'll I, strike I, that I made, off. We'll strike that one right off. Now, if you want now if you want to go 2 or 3 or so when uh, um, the Charity Challenge, I want to say 3 was the What was one. the one in Fort Worth that you absolutely dominated? I I that had might have a been very deep. rough. Night that might have been that might have been 5. That might so have been many. when I retired that one. But I'll tell you, <laughs> the the craziest moment of my hockey life, and I tell I told my son about this last week, and he just blinked back at me because dad talks a lot. But um, we were at Reunion Arena. I believe the gate that night was like 13,000. And uh, I remember a couple things because I scored a couple goals, and I was really excited about that. I think uh, the Musers got beat that day, though. Uh, I, I tried my best for them. Um but for I remember us, Bob, for us, yes, not them. for us. That's right. Us. And I remember, I remember two things that jumped quickly to mind and both of them involved face-offs. Uh, the first one was at the start of the third period. I want to say it was like two to one and we're lining up for the face-off and they're playing thunderstruck. And I'm, I'm just, I, feel I, like- I had such an out of I had such an yeah. out-of-body experience. Yeah. It was the craziest thing because it's the ultimate game of dress-up and, like, fantasy camp. But those fantasy camps, unless I am not, I don't know about one of them, you don't get to play in front of a packed NHL arena and uh, with, with, like, full production value and the whole thing. And that still gives me chills to think back to it. And then the other moment was, like, an hour later. So we lose. But like I said, I, I, I felt like I – represented myself okay that night put a couple of pass follow-up yeah and uh and i'm untying my skates and i swear to you from my from my eyeball perspective a puck and a sharpie are being put right in front of me and i look up and brett hall is asking me to sign his puck (laughs) and he's and i'm thinking to myself this is insane 
Holland Madano sat in like the front row behind one of the yes, goals and then came down into the locker room. And With margaritas they had a, in their hands. Oh, oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> and and if you grew up uh, loving Brett Hall like I did, to have him ask you to sign his puck and then Expo would frequently tell me when he's in there collecting tape that the Bob Sturmstein puck is prominently displayed <laughs> in Brett Hall's locker for the next season or two. It uh, it was the craziest thing ever. So, with all due respect to Game Seven against the Avalanche, which is my one of my favorite sport events I've ever attended, uh, I remember even the two thousand game was unbelievable. That Game Seven, I stood next to Bob Gainey when uh, the Avalanche hit the post there with twelve seconds oh, to go Adam in that Dead Game Seven. Marsh's Fanny, and then off the pipe. Yes, yeah, yes, and and so so those nights I was in Buffalo for Game Six, uh, and and I'll never forget talking to uh, perhaps an altered Ed Belfour uh, in one of my favorite moments. And, and, and then, Was he licking the and, cup at the time or not? He, he was feeling no pain. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and then also on the list has to be the, uh, the Winter Classic, you know, because yeah. that day at Fair Park, mm. 10 out of 10, just in terms of uh, the chills and – I do have room on this wall. I got to get a picture of uh, that day at Fair Park, uh, you know, the full stadium. And did the you think it was going to come because... off as well as it did, the Winter no, Classic, or were no, you it... concerned? No, in fact, I might have been a bit cynical about it when it was first announced because a uh, northern guy wants uh, snow banks right. and, yeah. and uh, hot cocoa, and uh, this can't work in Dallas. It's a money grab, and I've never been more wrong about anything except maybe Jason Robertson. Uh, but uh, the, for the, for the <laughs> those, winter classic, those two to, are your, your two <laughs> for the winter classic to go off. Like it did. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I'm very thankful that I was there. What, what, what an occasion and, uh, and, and what just a glorious hockey day that was. Nice. The uh, yeah. 45 degrees. The game itself was had so many moments within it. Radulov scoring yeah. that goal, the place went berserk. Uh, yes. And I was I was so happy for the organization for Brad Alberts because they had the the National Hockey League itself had sort of the same concern right. that you did yes. heading into it. It was yeah. almost like here we're going to give you the game, don't screw it up, right? To, don't right. completely screw it up. But they yes. I think they anticipated. You know what? This is going to be whatever. You know, if it comes off, it comes off. Man, it it was it was phenomenal. It it it'll, I agree. It, it when I'm done here, that will go down as one of the greatest events that this organization has ever pulled off. Stanley Cup Finals or not, so no doubt, good, no doubt, it was good, good. very special. And I'm you know one of those deals where you're just happy you brought the whole family because uh, my whole family was watching it with me up there, and and uh, it's 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 a hockey time we won't soon forget. Uh, you got to go do. Uh, sh- apparently, you have a you have a show, a local talk show or something that you have to get to <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll the, keep you uh, a couple more blows. minutes. I've just got a okay. couple more things. I, I want to ask you about look hockey players are a handsome lot I think you and I can both agree upon that can we not I mean they're out of so. out of the out of the athlete pool because they're kind of normal sized human beings yeah they're not a mile tall and they're not 480 pound linemen in that right they, they're they're no normal doubt. size no doubt uh, and they've always I can attest to this they've always been a handsome bunch. The current crop, much less follically challenged than you and I and Pete DeBoer, but the NHL is, I don't know if you heard this, they're grandfathering out, or I think, I think that's how you can say it, maybe not, but they're not going to allow the no-bucket warm-up anymore. Oh. One of the great, I think one of the great visuals in our sport, and it used to be most of the team, it's whittled down to a handful of guys who I put in my, my cool crowd, my cool school. And I look every warm up, and I'm like, okay, who's going no bucket. Let's have a look here. Yeah. Right. And I used to actually handicap the games in that manner. I used to go, okay, they have 10, they got 10, no bucket guys. This squad has, has six. I, I got the 10, no bucket guys winning this one. 
I might use that when when gambling fully comes into the fold too. I might, but then now it's they've coming. killed it. They've they've killed it because there'll still be a guy or two. And and to be honest with you, it was on his way out anyway. It was kind of like visors, right. you know, all the guys that were coming in were going to wear them anyway. But this was a good thing, was it not? It's the no hockey There's- hair league now. That's what NHL's standing for. No hockey hair league. Well, I and, and I had no idea we were going in this direction today, but let me tell you, the first time I ever went to an NHL game, uh, so uh, the people people assume I was there when I was a little kid. I wasn't. I like I said, I lived out in the sticks. My my dad still doesn't understand hockey and still doesn't uh, care to take little Bob to his first hockey game. So I didn't get there till I was a college kid. My first game was at the Cap Center in Washington D.C. Red Wings and uh, and Capitals because, in Landover, uh, the guy down the yeah, and uh, the guy down the hall was a Red Wings fan, and he asked if I wanted to make the three-hour drive with him to see an NHL game, and I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I, who cares who's playing? It's an NHL game, and I get to see it in person. And my first impression was seeing Sergei Fedorov in warm-ups without a helmet mm. on, and uh, ah. he had he had some dazzling hair, and he was Sergei Fedorov, and I have to admit, uh, and Early I've never 90s? really fancied – Mid nineties, yeah, uh, ninety one, I'd say, yeah, ninety or ninety one, I'd say. Flow, salad, Mm. and let me tell you, uh, never really fancied the Red Wings, but when they were wearing all red and uh, the blonde hair, and you're just like, yeah, these guys are probably great at hockey, Mm -hmm. aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Adonis is godlike. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think it's uh, it was. We have to move forward, though. We have to move forward. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. Did you? Would you have gotten no bucket? Uh, no, because even when I had hair, I had I had what I call stupid hair. Um, mm. I think uh, David Letterman would uh, would would uh, you know have a kinship with me for for our, the quality of our hair. That even when we even when we have it, it still looks like we have sub. Even without hair. product, you couldn't throw product in there. Yeah, it just it would just start waving. Have all the it, girls you know on the glass swooning for Bob? No, that were really. Never a problem for me, Razor. <laughs> Never a problem at all. Uh, okay, what what you got going for Thanksgiving? Is Aikman, does he have you tethered to a computer to prep for Steelers-Colts? You know what? Uh, well, I, we've already done Steelers-Colts, so he, right. those were in his uh, email this for those morning. That don't, this is, for those that don't know, you, you help the Hall of Famer. I do. Okay. I do. I, yeah. Which is another weird part of my life that doesn't make Man, any sense. Man, you do a lot but, of stuff, Bob. You do a lot I, of stuff. But here's the thing: this is the first time since I've worked with him that he hasn't worked on Thanksgiving. So, so what am I going to do on Thanksgiving? Probably not work for Troy Aikman on that day. I will. Uh, mm-hmm. I will uh, ponder the Pilgrims and uh, and and their role and everything, and then wonder why are World Cup matches on during U.S. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Why not? Speaking of bizarro worlds with your pocket and, and Brad Hall, so Troy Aikman and you will not be working on Thanksgiving Day. Right. And yet Jeff Saturday will. Incredible. What a, what a time to be alive, Bob. Yeah. yeah what truly. a time to be alive. There's no Monday, doubt. Monday, Jeff Saturday will trot out all his knowledge from the past week, and I'm sure you'll have Troy prep for all the nuggets on Jeff Saturday, right? Yes, yes. We uh, <laughs> the hay is in the barn; it's been handed <laughs> over, and, uh, and 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 what the boy and who can who can think of a better matchup late in the season than Colts Steelers? Uh, talk exactly. about getting America fired up. Well, I, I bring up I bring up Saturday and and coaching the Colts on on Monday night because we talked about this. Heike and I did a, a week ago. You're a perfect guy to ask this, and I'll make this the final one because I know you got to go. The where are you on on guys like Marty St. Louis in Montreal? Never coached, yeah, phenomenal player, but he coached. I think he was right. coaching Pee Wee, and then it's like, hey, right. we're going to hire you to coach the Montreal Canadiens. The Montreal Canadiens. You have yeah. Jeff Saturday come out of a, a studio and and jump onto the sideline and coach an NFL team. Uh, the right. same same thing has happened, sort of, right in the NBA. With uh, with, with did did Nash coach at all before? Oh no 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 Nash is a yeah. great one yeah yeah. So is this is this a trend that you can see 
populating more teams in various sports and why? Uh, I would say no, uh, because I don't think it will be terribly successful. I just, I, I think the why is uh, almost like player empowerment. Like people get excited about player empowerment until they see the ramifications of player <laughs> empowerment. And then everybody's yeah. like, maybe we don't, maybe need they to don't give... know. Maybe they don't know. <laughs> maybe we don't need to give them the entire league. Maybe we can still <laughs> tell them once in a while. Maybe we do uh, need a few need adults in there. I get it. Right. Yes. Right. And so uh, with coaches who have never coached, it's not like, you know, I mean, and I think I heard your conversation because uh, a certainly a guy like Jeff Saturday knows what a coach does. He knows what it's like to be coached. He knows what he likes and doesn't like in a coach. But then to uh, just make the leap that he also now knows the details and the the schedule and the to-do list and the what happens if we don't get the to-do list done and the prepare for any scenario. I just really think that does require an apprenticeship of some sort. I'm with you. And, and so uh, I, I, I can't imagine there's a job on the planet with the possibility of uh, like president or something that, that you have more, more plates in the air than a professional sports coach, especially a head coach who has to basically be blamed for everything, because that's why we hire them to blame them for everything that goes <laughs> wrong. And almost none of the good sticks to them, but all no, the bad. No, no, no. The players did that. It's the coach's right, fault right. that they lost. And so just, just to assume we can grab a guy whose name we recognize, who gives us warm and fuzzies from when he played, uh, could just step right in and do everything. Like Steve Ott should be great, you know, because Steve Ott spent a decade figuring this out. You know, I, right. I assume he's way smarter than he was a decade ago, despite mm -hmm. the fact that very way fewer people know Steve Ott now than they did in 2011, probably when he started his journey. But, you know, it's, it's, it's called – preparing and training for a job and so i don't anticipate we'll see a big trend of this because i expect this first wave will not do very well all right with that could you coach no no, no in fact, i wanted I, you to say yes no no one of the worst things about my business is all the guys in my business thinking they're smarter than the guys who actually do it <laughs> and i I've, I've made it my goal to never be that guy even though some people would argue with that oh good on you Good on you. Hey, thanks for carving out an hour for me, bro. I, I would do this awesome. anytime you want, Razor. You know that. Yeah, this this is phenomenal. I know you're uh, just super busy, especially this time of year with football rocking and rolling, along with your hard line. The hard line. Oh, the hard line, Bob. You're heading there now, are you not? I am. I am. All right. Well, we're back with another Podman Rush presented by Truly Hard Seltzer next week. And the triumphant return of a very rested, hopefully, Mike Heike. Till then, stay hard, Robert. Yeah. Stay hard. And thank you. See you, Razor. See you, buddy. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. Want to stay up to date on what's happening with your favorite team? Now you can by signing up to become a Dallas Stars insider. With Gurionov and Ben and a shot stop, Sagan rebound, score! Get the scoop on the latest team news, exclusive ticket presales, contests, and much more. Delivered right to your inbox. Ran himself right into oh. him. Oh. How in the world? Subscribe today and start getting yours at DallasStars.com slash insider.